our reading of God's law comes from Deuteronomy 22, verse 10, which reads, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Please be seated. The first thing I want to point out from our reading of God's law this morning is that God is commanding us to be compassionate stewards of the animals under our dominion. God is commanding us to be compassionate stewards of the animals under our dominion. In saying this, it's helpful to understand that animal stewardship is not the same thing as as what our society calls animal rights. One of the most influential organizations that's promoting animal rights today is PETA, which stands for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And if we were to assess this organization strictly by its name, we would conclude that it's a good organization that deserves our support. In fact, we might even wonder whether it's a Christian organization, because God's word gives us a biblical ethic by which people are to treat animals. So as Christians, we are totally on board with people for the ethical treatment of animals. Uh, It's part of our faith. It's what God commands us to do. But once we begin to look beyond PETA's name, we quickly realize that uh, Christians and PETA are using different ethics uh, to determine what ethical treatment of animals ought to look like. PETA's ethic can be seen in their definition of animal rights. And here's how PETA defines this term on their website. Animal rights mean that animals deserve certain kinds of consideration, consideration of what is in their best interests, regardless of whether they are cute useful to humans or an endangered species or regardless of whether any human cares about them at all. It means recognizing that animals are not ours to use for food, clothing, entertainment, or experimentation. What PETA implies in the first sentence of this definition and what they make explicitly clear in the second sentence of the definition is that they reject one of the fundamental tenets of Christianity, which is man's dominion over the animal kingdom, man's dominion over the earth, which includes the animal kingdom. The Lord says in Genesis 1.26 that he has given man dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Uh, Then again, in Genesis 9, verses 2 and 3, God said to Noah and his sons, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that moves on the earth, on all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. So the biblical concept of animal stewardship rests upon God's declaration that mankind has dominion over the entire animal kingdom. Uh, This dominion gives us the authority to do the very things that Peter says we must not do. 
God says, yes, you can use animals for food. Yes, you can use animals for clothing. Yes, you can use animals for entertainment. Yes, you could use animals for experimentation. But just because we have the authority to do these things doesn't mean that we can do them in any manner that we please. The Lord has given us commandments and principles to govern how we steward the animals, uh, how we exercise dominion over the animals. And this is what our reading of God's law is addressing this morning. God says that when you plow a field, you can use an ox to plow the field, or you can use a donkey to plow the field, or you can use two oxen to plow the field, or you could use two donkeys to plow the field. But what he says you cannot do is plow a field with an ox and a donkey together. Why or why not? Because that would be cruel to both animals. You see, <clears throat> there's a considerable difference in size and strength between an ox and a donkey. Yoking them together is going to cause undue pain and suffering for both animals because their size, strength, not to mention their gait, is different, very different. So when you have two animals of the same kind yoked together, the yoke sits level across both animals and it distributes the load evenly upon those animals. And because they both have a, the same gait, uh, they're gonna walk in step with each other. They're gonna move in synchronization with each other. And this is good. This is how God would have us uh, plow our fields. But when uh, two different animals are yoked together, the yoke is gonna rest heavier upon the smaller animal. Uh, hence, the weaker of the two is gonna bear the heavier and greater load. Uh, and because the two animals have a different gait, uh, they're going to be out of step with each other. And this is gonna cause discomfort and pain to the animals as the yoke moves upon them in awkward and irregular ways. <coughs> so we derive from our reading of God's law this morning uh, that we must uh, be compassionate stewards of the animals that God has given us dominion over. We have the authority, authority to use them in all the ways that God designed them to be used, but we must not do so in ways that cause them undue pain and suffering. And this is the principle we derive from our reading of Deuteronomy 22.10, which is our, our reading this morning. We must not steward the animals under our dominion in ways that cause them undue pain and suffering. Now, this requires us to consider their design and function as we care for them. What we do for one animal might not be the right and same thing that we do for a different animal. For example, it would be cruel to keep a medium or large-sized dog confined to a small backyard his whole life. This is especially true if the dog is a working-class dog, such as a border collie. Border collies need to be active. They need space. So the ideal place for a border collie is on a ranch where the dog can run and work with livestock. It's much more acceptable, however, to keep a basset hound confined to a small backyard. This is because basset hounds are designed differently. Uh, they're quite content to lay around and sleep all day. And this doesn't require a lot of space. 
so they can do very well in a small backyard. Or consider a horse. Uh, it's cruel to keep a horse pinned up in a stall day after day. Uh, this is because horses are designed by God to run. Uh, either they need to be taken out and lounged regularly, or they need access to an open field where they can get out and run and exercise the way that God has created them to run and exercise. Pigs, on the other hand, don't require as much exercise as horses do. Pigs are very content living in a moderate-sized pen. The point I'm making here is that biblical stewardship requires us to consider the way God designed each animal to function, and then our care for that animal needs to be adapted to that particular design, which means we shouldn't force animals to perform beyond their maker's design. For example, we shouldn't pump artificial hormones into chickens and turkeys so that they can grow more meat on their breasts. That's not God's design. That's not good stewardship. Nor should we treat cows with hormones to make them produce greater quantities of milk. Once again, that's not God's design. Dogs in puppy mills are bred repeatedly without adequate rest or due consideration to their health in between pregnancies. Uh, this is not a compassionate stewardship. God designed chickens to lay eggs in accordance with the number of hours of light each day. The part, uh, this, and this is part of their circadian rhythm. Now, you and I have a circadian rhythm. Chickens, surprisingly, have a circadian rhythm. Uh, more eggs are laid during the longer days of summer and spring and less eggs are laid during the shorter days of fall and winter. That's how God designed the chicken. Yet it's a common practice in the egg industry to use artificial lighting to manipulate the chicken's circadian, circadian rhythm, causing them to lay the, the maximum number of eggs year round. This is not compassionate stewardship because it, it stresses the chicken, it overtaxes the chicken's bodies. God didn't design them to produce that many eggs year-round. So brothers and sisters, <clears throat> I hope these examples, uh, these are just a couple examples of, of, of the principle that we read in our sermon text. Uh, God's law requires us to exercise compassionate stewardship over the animals that are under our dominion. And compassionate stewardship requires us uh, to consider God's design. We don't make up the rules, God makes up the rules. And he's revealed those rules to us in his design of each animal. And because different animals have been designed differently by God, that, that, there, there is not a one-size-fits-all application. Instead, we need to study each animal's design and then adjust our stewardship practices accordingly. Now, you might be hearing this and thinking, yeah, if I were a farmer, that might have some application to me, but I'm, I live in a city and I just have a dog or I have a cat or I have a goldfish. Well, you might think that everybody already knows how to care for a dog, cat, or goldfish. So you're asking yourself, what's the big deal? Well, let me suggest to you that there's a whole lot of people in this world who do not know how to properly steward a dog, cat, or goldfish. And there's a whole lot of people in this world who are not compassionate in their stewardship 
of dogs, cats, and goldfish. So if you have a dog, cat, or a goldfish under your stewardship, consider God's design for that animal. Are you caring for it and, uh, so that it functions in a way that God designed for it to function? Is it eating what God designed it to eat? Is it sleeping in the way God designed it to sleep? Is it exercising the way God designed your dog, cat, or goldfish to exercise? Is it receiving a Sabbath rest the way God designed it to receive a Sabbath rest? And yeah, livestock are given Sabbath rest. We can argue whether goldfish need one, but certainly God's word does declare that livestock are to be given a Sabbath rest. And so these are the, the, the type of questions we should be pondering, even with our dogs, cats, goldfish, much, le- much more so if we have uh, more animals under our care. So where the Holy Spirit has borne witness to any form of sin in your life, whether it's a sin of uh, bad stewardship of God's creation, or if there's some other sin that he has brought to your attention, remember that God is faithful and just to forgive your sins when you confess them to him.